This episode of Make Your Pitch is brought to you by BET. As a business owner, have you ever asked, uh, how is my business ensuring profitability and sustainability? Uh, or does my business drive its growth and agenda through a defined strategy? Maybe also, is there a performance management system in place? If you hesitated to answer any of these questions, you need to take a look at the Business Enabling Toolbox, BET. To find out more about BET, check the show notes of this episode. This is Make Your Pitch. I'm Christopher Knight. And I am Ellen J. Harris. Together, we chat with entrepreneurs with great ideas, looking for investors to back their vision. We want to be sure investors are there as well as to find the next big hit. So let's get started. And a big welcome, welcome, welcome to everybody to Make Your Pitch. This episode is going to be one of those episodes that we bring you a person who has literally been there, done that, been around areas of entrepreneurship and startups and high tech and all kinds of things. Uh, this particular individual has been in so many situations that you're going to experience in the future. So I suggest you take a close listen to what he has to tell you so you don't go and uh, fall in a pothole someplace that you don't need to fall into. And that's the reason we're here, not only to let you make your pitch yourself, bring you experts and bring you investors all to talk to you about how to do it right. Today's guest is Bruno Mann and I'm Christopher Knight. And I am Ellen J. Harris. And Ellen's about to give us a little update on who Bruno is. First of all, welcome Bruno. Bruno is an experienced entrepreneur with a demonstrated history of working in the telecommunications industry. He was born and raised in France. He's lived in the United States for some time, has worked in Silicon Valley in Palo Alto, California. He's skilled in product management, cloud computing, software as a service and business strategy. He has a strong business and technology uh, uh, professional with a master's of business administration focused on management and operations. My delightful pleasure to welcome Bruno to make your pitch. Thank you, Ellen. You're welcome. So um, tell us about your um, most interesting startup that you are most proud of. I think it was the first one. And uh, it's because I learned a lot on that first one. Um, to give you a little background, um, before startups, I, I worked in corporate. Uh, I was working for a French telecommunication company called CGTEL. And uh, we had a lot of means. We have a lot of uh, uh, funding. We have a lot of people. Uh, but we had a lot of challenge too. It was, it was a mega startup at that point. It was a a company that basically grew uh, from 250,000 customers to 12 million customers in four years. That, that gives you the idea of the, 
of the growth of GSM uh, back in France and back in Europe in general. And uh, I was a director in, the, in that company. And uh, I had a lot of people working for me, about 200 of them. And we were deploying call centers. We were creating a mapping system to deploy the, the network, every kind of tools um, a telco company needs, basically. And at one, and, and it was very interesting. What was interesting is that, you know, we started that uh, company at 200 people. When I left, there were 9,000 people in that company. And it was not the same. It's, you know, we handed over uh, that company to people who were more inclined to run it on a daily basis and less inclined to either, you know, push uh, 18 hours work a day uh, to, to, to go through, to, uh, to go through that growth. So at one point, Sigital, uh, that company acquired some uh, assets in, in California because they wanted to go into, into content and they acquired some, some assets from uh, Universal Studios. Actually, you're going to love those assets were video games like uh, uh, from uh, Blizzard North, World of Warcraft, those kind of things. And they sent me over there to help manage those assets. I did that for a while, um, but after that, I, I just wanted to find back, you know, that uh, uh, that energy that I found in the in the, in the first uh, GSM. Uh, um, company, and I started to do a first startup with uh, with some friends of mine because I knew them because I was going back and forth from France to uh, the Silicon Valley because I was buying technology for for Sagittale. and uh, we we decided to to do a startup um, around tools for call centers. That includes, you know, uh, voice over IP, uh, uh, CRM, uh, ACD, CTI, and so on and so forth. Every tool that is needed for call centers, small and medium call centers. But the, the new thing at the time is that it was going to be in the cloud. It was going to be hosted. The cloud did not exist at the time. At least the term did not exist. But basically, it was a multi-tenant architecture hosted in the data centers, actually two data centers. Uh, and we were starting that. And we were uh, proposing this as uh, an SAS system, uh, software uh, as a service. Um, and this is where I started to learn a lot about startups. Why? First, um, coming from a corporate um, background, you're used to have all that exoskeleton, you know, people working for you and, and doing several tasks. You don't realize it, but you, you know, it, you're, you're part of the team and you accomplish a lot because of that. With a startup, it's you <laughs> and the people you're starting the business with. And you have to do everything. I mean, everything from designing the system to, uh, to, to processes, everything. And you try not to reinvent the wheel. You, you, you use your experience to do things more efficiently. But yeah, you don't have that exoskeleton anymore. First. Yes. Second yes, thing. 
Yeah. Second thing is that you need to know how things work in the Silicon Valley. And, you know, nobody explains it. You discover it as you are doing startups. You meet people and you understand their place in the, in the ecosystem. And the ecosystem is, uh, is not very complicated, but, you know, first you need funds. So who provides funds? Banks or venture capitalists. And you have to know how those work, especially the VCs. Uh, we, start, we did that startup, we created that startup in 2000. So already the bubble was bursting. Still, it, it was a, an exhilarating time because we raised $35 million in about three weeks for a startup with a concept idea of, of uh, uh, a suite for, of tools for call centers in, in the cloud, as I would say today, right? Right. Now, I want to ask you a question. Um, telecommunications, I find it to be a fascinating industry. What was it that attracted you? I can tell you what attracted me. It was just the idea of all this networking and different things that you were discovering in what you could and could not do. What was the attraction for you? I have to be very humble, Ellen. I think it was pure chance. <laughs> okay. Actually, you know, my first company was Paris Airports. It's nothing to do with uh, with with telecommunication, but uh, I, I I went there first because uh, basically, you know, the first PCs were invented. They were looking for a guy that would manage that. Uh, uh, that fleet of PCs that was floating the, that, that company. And from there, uh, I, I saw another company was, um, it's called Compagnie Générale des Eaux. It's, uh, it's basically the utility, water utility provider in France. And at that time, uh, the conjunction is that there was a deregulation of, of telecommunication in France. So uh, basically they were allowing new uh, new uh, newcomers in the telco business in France, which was owned by France Telecom. And that water uh, utility company decided to go into the telecom market. Okay, so I was on board <laughs> <laughs> automatically because I had some notion of IT. <laughs> and from there, they even asked me to program the first, uh, the first SIM card uh, in France with a little C program, you know? So yes. it, it, it comes one, one uh, event after leads to another, leads to another. So it's not that you necessarily uh, aim at going into telco. It's just uh, that the need is there and maybe you find this exciting and you seize the opportunity. And, and this is something that you have to do through all startups. Uh, seize the opportunity. Something new comes up and it may be exciting, go for it. You're never, you'll never waste your time. You will never waste your time because you'll always learn something. And on top of that, you'll do it with pleasure. So if Thank we you. go back now to, uh, to Contactual within my, my background in, in telco and, and then learning our uh, 
the ecosystem works in the Silicon Valley, yeah, it starts with, with the VCs. It starts with raising money. And uh, you, you have to know that, um, and, and before even that, well, build your deck, build uh, and synthesize all the ideas that are, all, all the elements that are in, uh, in, in your ideas, what problems you are trying to solve. Um, how effective is it going to be? How attractive is it going to be? Because you have to convince those people to put money into this. And the way to do this is not by, you know, covering your, your papers and hiding from it, but, but to share it, share it with your friends, share it with people who do the same things as you do, get feedback. And, and what I learned at that point in the Silicon Valley is that sharing and, and, uh, and, and that, that information is okay because there's a big difference between having an idea and, and actually acting on that idea and, uh, and realizing a product. There's a, there's a whole <laughs> dimension to it, okay? So it's not because you're sharing your idea that they are going to try to jump and, and, and copy it. Maybe they don't have the means to do that, but the feedback is always interesting. And, and when you worked enough on this, yes, you can, you can present it to uh, several VCs, uh, see their feedback. Um, they will help you, of course, get the money. They will help you also, you know, start to build your board because you are going to need uh, the uh, experience of, of, uh, of people who've been in those industries for a while. But you, you, you have to keep in mind that uh, uh, for the VCs, you're one of many. And uh, in their portfolio, if one succeeds, it's, it's okay. For the nine other ones who have, do not have, uh, who didn't find a proper strategy exit, well, that's too bad. And, uh, and, and they go back into, into, into the darkness. Um, so, and... <laughs> And and that's it. That's 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 the reality of of the investment in the in, in the Silicon Valley. So you have to make it. You have to be the one who's going to succeed. Let's pause for a moment so we can hear from our sponsor for this episode. Today's episode is brought to you in part by CRM Engine. CRM Engine starts with a simple four-module solution, including company, contact, actions, and leads. CRM Engine stands apart from all the others by providing standard customization by the CRM team included in the price. Areas such as branding and color, additional fields, descriptions, drop-down field values, and so much more. It also includes unlimited users, unlimited data, unlimited records, cloud hosting, security updates, and daily backups. But most importantly, there is ongoing support by telephone, email, or remote usually with same-day response. To learn more about CRM Engine, go to the show notes of this episode. Bruno, uh, you, you're making it sound awfully simple here, okay? But uh, as we know, it's not that simple. I'm a new no, company with a new idea. And my new idea, I think, is the best thing that's ever happened in the world. I don't care if it's technology or anything else, but... 
I don't know how in the world I can put it in front of investors. Now you're talking about, okay, well, put it together and VCs will look at it. I don't even know how to contact the VC. Yeah, let's, let's start from scratch here, okay? I'm a company that has no idea and hasn't been where you are. How do I get in touch with these people and make it happen? Well, you can in touch with those people through people who already have been through startups and can uh, vouch for you and, and, and tell those VCs, hey, you should look at that, at what these guys are doing. It might be interesting. Um, you have to know that the ecosystem around VCs is, is mostly also C-level uh, people, CFOs, CTOs, CEOs that have already had some successes and that the VCs are, are sometimes using to be on board on, of newer companies, okay? So if you want to get in touch effectively with, with the VCs, get in touch with those CEOs, CFOs, and so on and so forth, who are on board of other startups. Um, because then they would understand your concept and, and then introduce you to the proper VC. That's, okay, that's, that's, that's fine, but now that I've, got a, I've got the concept and I'm gonna present it to a CEO of what company? Uh, is, is a, obviously you wanna align it with the company that has maybe some similar interest or similar direction, but most CEOs won't take your calls. They won't even read your emails. How do I break through that as a person who has not had the experience to get into the marketplace with investors. You know, you know quite well, CEO doesn't read, you know, everything, every idea that comes across his desk. He usually throws okay. it in the trash can. Chris, um, uh, let me give you the example of that first startup, okay? Um, the CEO of that startup, uh, Contactual, the, the, the founder was uh, Mansour Salem. And, he was actually, before that, he was working uh, uh, for, for an American company uh, that was providing uh, CTI software. I, I was their customer back in France. I bought that CTI software from them and we, 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 you know, we started to know each other. He knew what I was doing in Sergetel. I knew what he was doing uh, in, in the Silicon Valley. At one point, he had his own idea and he branched out with a first startup himself, okay? And who helped him? The person who helped him was Greg Shankman, the, uh, the CEO of that CTI company, all right? And, and he introduced him with the proper VC to do that. Now, when I came, come into play in 2000, he calls me and say, Bruno, I see what you've done in CGTL. Um, would you do the same for me here? We're creating that company. I, I, I would like to, to, to start it with you. And uh, so he had already that, that portfolio of, of, uh, of VCs to contact. Okay, that's why it took us three weeks to get $35 million. Um, and and um, 
And by the way, the CTI company was called Genesis Labs. It's well known. They were acquired by Act Alcatel after that for uh, about uh, $600 million. That's another story. But you, you can see where the, the, where the ecosystem is. And let me tell you, it's, it, it works like that. After that, after that first startups, when myself, I wanted to create a new one about uh, uh, wireless irrigation, I called the same VCs who told me, you know, I'm not really interested in, in irrigation, but maybe you can talk to that other guy there. That's more, uh, he's more in, in, in green technologies, that's more of his, of his business. But I've been introduced already. And it's not a question of, you know, cold calling all the CEOs around there and asking them. It's, it's a question is having a relation, a, a working relation with some of them. And that can open the doors. Okay, now how do I get my first working relationship? Work. <laughs> what else? <laughs> get you know, a I job. Don't, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know any VCs. I, I don't know anyone. And that's a that's a VC. How do I get my first relationship so I can ask them to refer me? Uh, I think I think that um, for the VCs and for the CEOs or, or the founders, uh, first they want to look for uh, talents. So you have to prove yourself. Uh, you you don't go into uh, into a VC's office uh, just like that just because you're called uh, Chris or Bruno or Ellen. Um, you've done some things, okay, that are that may be remarkable. Uh, I don't know. I deployed the 800 seats of call centers. They trusted that you know I could design uh, some uh, some ACS system to deploy quicker those kind of call center seats. That's that's that, um, and this is why they. Uh, they asked me to, to join that startup at, at that point. And this is why also, you know, the, the VCs, they don't look only at your ideas and at your deck. They also look at your team, at also the people you know and you do business with or you have a, either a financial or technical relation with. Uh, that's a whole package. That's what builds trust because they have to trust you uh, on paper and and also uh, uh, on person to person to uh, to lend you that money, right? I don't know if I'm answering your question, Chris. Oh no, you're doing fine. It's it's really it's, it's frustrating to new startups because they don't know how to reach out. They don't know the proper approach. They have a fantastic idea and they go around pitching and pitching and pitching and pitching, but they don't necessarily pitch to the right people at the right time. That's and that's really question. what I'm headed toward. That's, that's what I was asking <coughs> about really, Bruno. Okay, that, that is correct. And, uh, and again, you have to be... Uh, do you hear me? You're fine. Go right, right ahead. All right. You have to size the opportunity. Um, when our first VC was uh, Mayfield Fund, and I knew them and Mansoor uh, 
my friend knew them because uh, they were providing, uh, you know, some voice system to Sejetel at the time. Uh, actually, one of the uh, VC was uh, the CTO of a company called Octel uh, uh, a long time ago. And we knew him. And we knew that, you know, he went into the VC world. So we talked to him and they introduced us to uh, his, uh, his, uh, his uh, partners. Uh, another another um, VC, uh, part of the $35 million was Sophie Nova. And these are people that we met in France uh, because I was part of Sejutel on one hand and because uh, uh, Mansour was part of Genesis Labs. Um, that's, that's that. Uh, I'm trying to answer your question, how do you meet those people? Mm -hmm. I think it's a lot of networking and a lot of networking, not, not necessarily done you know, within three months, but within years. The people that I met when I created my first startup in, in the Silicon Valley, I met in France, I met also in the Silicon Valley, I met also in, in Chicago over maybe two years before. So you have to build that, that kind of network and you build your network by being curious about, you know, what other people do and, uh, and uh, how you can, uh, you know, interact, do things together and maybe it will, it will bring fruits, but it doesn't bring fruits necessarily immediately. Yes, net, you know, networking the, networking is certainly critical. I know Ellen has a question. Uh, Bruno, check your uh, video and turn that on for us. Ellen, go right ahead. Okay. Well, um, Bruno, you uh, hit on the most important topics for a startup. I worked with a startup in Norway and it took three years to become known and accepted and really looking at the technology. So you make a very uh, cogent point there. Um, <clears throat> if I am a startup in 2021 and I'm looking to begin the process because I have a technology that I think is exceptional but I'm in the United States and my opportunities to travel outside aren't that great. In the United States, is there a, aside from Palo Alto, is there a networking hub that I could visit and begin to establish myself so that I can present my technology? There are several actually. Um, in the Silicon Valley, because I was French, I belong to the French American Chamber of Commerce. Uh, but I got also with the German American Chamber of Commerce, uh, and you and and you, you see a lot of European people there that you interact through uh, through those different e events. Um, you can present your idea there, but uh, honestly, this is not. Uh, where it's going to be the most efficient. The most efficient is, is talking to, uh, to VCs, uh, that's, that's for sure. Um, <clears throat> but it can, but a lot of VCs attend those events too. 
And there's also events or, that were organized by Google, uh, where you meet a lot of people and there was a lot of ideas generated. Um, there was also some work groups organized uh, uh, around uh, around universities uh, uh, in the, in the Bay Area um, that were very active. That's that's mainly where where you uh, you meet the right people. That's okay. Right. Yeah. All right, and, uh, and you, you have to know that it's very cosmopolitan the the, uh, the Silicon Valley. I think there's about twenty thousand French people over there. <laughs> I don't know many <laughs> Germans. I don't know many Indians. I don't know many, how many uh, of of every every uh, country. But it's it's very uh, cosmopolitan. Yes. Well, you've certainly laid the uh, groundwork, if you will on how to start. It sounds essentially for the startup to take some risks. And the risk is to put your idea out there. Uh, don't be afraid of it being stolen because nobody's going to implement it the way you do, uh, but expose yourself, introduce yourself to the appropriate people in a technology field, if that's your area of interest. But no matter what your area of interest may be, it's the exposure it's introducing yourself that makes the difference and be uh, willing to work at it for at least a good three to five years. Yeah, and um, you know, Stanford was, was a great place, for example, to exchange idea also in, uh, in Palo Alto. Um, but, but the way to introduce yourself is not necessary to sell your product, is it? Right. Is, is also to Try to find what you can bring to the person you want to network with. Uh, you know, in BNI they call it the, the giver's gain, but it's really that. It's uh, it's uh, really trying to understand what the idea because <clears throat> you are exchanging. They want maybe themselves to to expose what they are after, and try to 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 use your neurons, you know, uh, around their own ideas. Um, and then, and then it's your turn, and then you'll have a feedback, and then maybe they can introduce you to somebody else to further one part of your ideas. But unless you've done all that work, that the networking work that, that takes years, let me tell you, and that work of you know, getting the feedback and remodifying your, your ideas or uh, uh, working your your deck and and and, uh, and what you're trying to do, uh, you know, it's fluff. You don't get anywhere. Yes. Bruno, you know there is. Bruno, there is. Uh, you you have uh, a wealth of knowledge that is uh, you, you can't hide. You're going to have to bring it out more for people to learn from. And I'm sure you you are, but uh, because of our time limits here on this particular session or episode, should I say, I, I'm gonna ask you this, what tips would you have for the new entrepreneur that you think are the most important before we close out this episode? Yeah, I think another important thing, and let's, let's put away the, the, the funding, 
let's put away the idea itself or the technology involved in that idea. Most of the time when I saw um, startup collapsed, it was because of uh, human problems. It was because of relationship problems. It was because the CEO of the company and the CTO of the company couldn't work together anymore. And then the company splits and then everything collapses. I've seen so many of those, okay? Uh, and, and it's most of the times, it's ego problems. And also, it's also because, you know, what we're getting, going to get out of that startup is not defined enough at the beginning. What do you want to do with your startup? How many, uh, are we okay with, with the repartition of the shares? Do we have, you know, a solid, a solid contract because we are partners together? It's not, not because we were friends in university. No, now it's real business. Things have to be uh, very defined. If you don't have that definition, if, if, uh, if there's a lot of unsaid in the, in the relationship of, of the, the, the founders, it collapses and then it's gone. Despite your wonderful idea, despite the funding that you got, if I have to say something, it's that. So build the foundation between the people first. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Ellen, would you like to say something in closing? I want to thank Bruno for his time. He's been informative, insightful, and really gave us some tips and golden nuggets on how to grow a startup. Well, yeah. thank you very much, Ellen. Thank you very much, Chris. It's a uh, pleasure. Anytime. You have, you have been outstanding, and I, I do hope we can call on you again to uh, help us direct those who are trying to get their start like you did. I really hope you'll be with us uh, to help us do that in the future. Anytime. Thank you so much. And as we close out today, remember, we are here to put entrepreneurs with investors. And what we want all people to always do is make your pitch. We'll see you on the next episode. If you enjoyed today's episode of Make Your Pitch, go smash the subscription button. And if you want, leave us a five-star review. If you think you have what it takes to be on one of our episodes, contact us by going to the show notes to learn how. But most of all, be with us again next week for another episode of Make Your Pitch.